Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, welcome to Positive Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by David Rahman. David Rahman is a speaker, coach, and author. His passion is to help people all over the world start loving and believing in themselves. In this book, Let It Go, is to help start a movement of change. David strongly believes that if we can let go of a belief, a behavior, or a habit that doesn't serve us, our life can start changing immediately. In this episode, we talk about David's new book, Mindset, Motivation, Positivity, and much more. David Rahman is also a life coach and has helped many, many people to overcome obstacles and to regain clarity in their lives. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Possibility, 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 Tune in. Uh, David, it's uh, great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Really good to be live on your show, you know, and uh, and uh, I can see it's nice and sunny where you are. You're looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's sunny for the meantime now. It's uh, it's pretty crazy weather, really. It's sunny. It's quite sunny, but it's cold. It's it's yeah. fresh. It's fresh. Yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? Uh, so yeah. Here in Swansea, it's lovely. It's, uh, yeah. You, you, you appreciate this moment, eh? Yeah, that's it, exactly. Especially, um, you know, when it's been raining and stuff like that. It's, it's nice to have, you know, a bit of sun. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's great to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, you're, like, you're, you've been a life coach for many years. And, you're, you know, you've just written a book called Let It Go, How to Stop Your Past from Ruining Your Future. And do you want to, like, go into, like, how you got into coaching first? And then we can kind of, like, go into, like, you know, the book side yeah. of it yeah sure how you kind of got into it sure I, you know as a as a teenager like a lot of teenagers um you, you just spend your life 
thinking, mm. why am I feeling like this? And you don't understand life, you don't understand yourself. And uh, I, I had, I just lacked self-confidence, Adam, uh, and I lacked self-esteem and I, I was just never, you know, when you want to be assertive, you want to say something like in class, put your hand up and answer and you, you just, you can't do it. And you're looking at other people and asking yourself, why are they so confident? Why am I not? Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, I struggled for a lot of my childhood and I, I put a brave face on like, like a lot of us do these times. And um, it, it, it carried on in my twenties. So in, in my life, I remember when I arrived in university, I was, you know, just lost thinking, how am I going to survive? The, everyone else in this hall of residence looks really confident. Uh, and why do I feel like this? And it was, yeah, it was a dark time. So I, um, I knew I had to change. I knew I had to change Adam. And that's when uh, I started to start working on myself. You, mm. you just started somewhere, read books. I wouldn't tell anyone how I felt. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was difficult. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. And I think, like, as well, like, those kind of years are, like, very um, formidable years, aren't they? Like, when you're growing up as a teenager in your 20s, you know, like, you're constantly looking at what other people are doing, um, people are telling you what to do. And, you know, I think I think it's difficult because there's a lot of pressure on you as a person because you're kind of still finding, you know, you're finding your feet of who you are. Um, you know, and I think it's a difficult time. Mm. Yeah, very difficult time. And you know, as a as a as a guy, it's it's sometimes even more difficult. People are saying, "Man up," you know, "Grow up," and yeah, you know, and and uh, and you when you hear this, you think, "Well, I'm not going to tell anyone." You just keep it mm. yourself, and and you you have your own coping mechanisms. Uh, yeah. So my you know my my I went to university. My first degree was. A science degree it was biochemistry, so it's nothing mm. to do with what I'm doing now. But it it does actually in a way because uh, I'm really interested in in the biochemistry of the body, in, yeah. Of how we are happy, sad. You know, it, it does affect our biochemistry, affects our uh, and our brain at many levels. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> for a, for a long time, I was interested in psychology. But uh, obviously, when you your parents are pushing you to do in something like science. Um, mm you feel under pressure. So yeah, it was, it was yeah, a difficult time. Very, very difficult. Yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. I think like as well, like when you're at university, especially if your parents want you to do a certain subject and you kind of, you're 50-50 about it. Um, but like you said, it's kind of funny how, you know, like you said, you did science and that kind of interlinks, you know, in a way in what you're doing now. So yeah. it kind of comes full circle, doesn't it? It did come full circle at the time, maybe because I, I did think, why am I doing this? And I remember in my first year in university, I, I actually ventured over into the psychology department uh, because it obviously something drew me in there. And I thought, oh, actually, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to a phone box. This is in 1988, uh, and mm. using our mobile phones and bringing up the admission university and then ringing the admissions tutor, being put through to the admissions and saying, Oh, can I um, swap swap courses, please? Uh, and yeah. uh, they, what are you doing? What kind of grades? I said, yeah, you, we could allow it, but you'd have to wait until next year, next ac academic year. And I thought, oh, mm. really? Um, so I knew at that time, this is a long time ago, um, that that something to do with psychology is what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't mm. know why, but it just interested me. The the mind interested me at that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. And I think like. 
when you're at university, that kind of like time frame, isn't there, when you can join a course and when you can switch. And, yeah. um, but I, I think like people are interesting and I think you've got to go with your kind of gut, haven't you? Your kind of gut feeling of what you want to do, um, whatever that is. And I think it's good that, you know, you've, you've you know, pursued that and, you know, you, you've been a coach for quite some time now. And like, have, have you... Um, like what? What would you say you've? Uh, would you say like you you've seen how you've grown in that time and 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 shifted and helped other people? Yeah, uh, you know, I think I I started to look into personal development um, in the nineties. Hmm. I came across a book by a gentleman called Keith Harrell called Attitude Is Everything, uh, hmm. and that was really the first game changer for me personally. Uh, in terms of um, self-help uh, and personal development. And then I came across Anthony Robbins. Yeah. And I started reading all this, and it just made sense to me that, oh, well, I'm okay. I, I am. I, I deserve to be happy, you know? Um, mm. I'm not, you know, you, you can change. And it's just that, that feeling of, right, okay, I, I want to be more confident. I want to be me. Uh, I want to be able to um, be more comfortable in my own skin. And for a long time, I wasn't, you know. And so I, I then knew that I wanted to do something to do with psychology or counseling, wellness, therapy. I, I, I looked at many things. Um, at that t- by that time, actually, Adam, I was, uh, I'd been to university again. So I'd, and I, uh, I'd achieved my second degree, which was optometry. So I became an optometrist um, yeah. and that was a safety route to be honest Adam because mm. you know, I was I thought I need to do something which is nine to five and I need to get a, a wage a salary and just survive you know I wasn't confident in doing anything else so uh, and then you become over time you become unfulfilled with your job and you want to do what you were meant to do you know and I, I just had I thought it's got a, it's something to do with helping people uh, but I didn't know what. And I remember after you know one drunken night out in the late '90s or early millennium, I came back to uh, my flat and you know just felt disillusioned and felt uh, a bit lonely. But felt you know what am I doing in life? You just have these thoughts. What am I doing? Uh, and I got onto online, and it was at the time of dial-up internet. Uh, I remember that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dial-up, and it took about five minutes just to switch the thing on and then get this. You know, there wasn't Google at the time. I think it was Yahoo. So I, I looked on, you know, psychology, psychotherapy, psychiatry. I remember looking, thinking, no, no, I don't want any of this. I don't want to do the medication thing. What is it? And then I came across that same night, life coaching. I thought, hmm. this? And then I came across Tony Robbins and I thought, wow, this is for regular people with issues. And do you know when something strikes a chord with you? something resonates with you straight away. You don't know why, you don't know how. I, at that moment, I thought, this is, this is for me. This mm. is for me. And then I, you know, over the, like anyone else, I procrastinated, thought about it for a while, mentioned to a few people, and they said, life coaching, what's that? What's that? You don't want to do that. <laughs> You're an optician, relax. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, but I, so I fought my natural instincts, thought, no, no, no. And, I, and then I looked into it and I started training and, and back in 2004, that's 
you know, when I started really moving forward with it, you know, uh, against all advice, people say, no, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, because when sometimes you do something which is different to what everyone else thinks you should be doing, but your heart says to you, you know, this is what I want to do. You know, you know, if you want to be a musician or you're an artist, do what your heart says, what makes your soul sing. Uh, and Adam, you know, I, I, I don't have any regrets. It's been a, it's a long journey, you know, we're 16 years, almost 20 years down the line from thinking about it. And yeah, written a book on what I thought was I've learned during this last almost 20 years on any client, all the, you know, thousand people I've worked with in, in workshops and private clients. There's something in there in everyone's psychology, which is they're holding on to something, you know? Mm. They put it in their mental rucksack, they're carrying around that backpack and that could be weighing them down. It could be anything like uh, a failure in school or they were told something by a teacher that's still in their, mm. their subconscious or their relationship had failed or something happened between their parents and they saw it when they were a kid. There were many, many things which cause us to think and feel a certain way. And um, I, I truly believe, hand on my heart, that if people were to let go of some stuff in their in in their head, they would, mm. how would they feel? You know, if if I were to ask you, if you were to let go of the bad things that happened in your past, Adam, mm. any bad mm. things, how would you feel? One word. Relieved. Yeah, relieved. Yeah. yeah. I do that so many times. People say free, relieved, happy, lighter. <clears throat> so it's just it's just that question that I love asking people. You know. Yeah. No, that's great. And I think it's really powerful, you know, you, what you just uh, spoke about. Um, and, you know, that, that journey that you, you know, you've kind of been on and trying to find your feet and doing something that you want to do regardless of what everyone else is telling you to do and pointing you towards. And I think that's, you know, it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that, I think, doesn't it? To choose and hone in on something that you really want to do, especially when there's a lot of pressure around you yeah. Um, especially if you're comparing yourself to what the people are doing as well because you know a lot, there's nothing wrong with doing you know certain jobs but you know a lot of people get swayed into doing them because they don't want to feel uh, lesser than as a person for whatever reason um, yeah. but it, it reminds me of kind of similar to what I went through because you said you was at university and you was doing a course yeah. I went to university I had to retake my maths go on FM maths and then I went to university and did uh, criminology mm. and I've always kind of like a, had a fascination like you said with the mind and how people work but I knew I didn't want to be a criminologist I know I didn't want to go into the, the police side of things right. but I, 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 I actually found Tony Robbins as well and I was researching um, you know coaching and psychology and I, and I had a you know a similar you know similar uh, kind of realization to you where I was like oh yeah coaching um, but it's it's funny, isn't it? Because you have to kind of go on that journey. You have to try those things out to kind of get to that place, if that makes sense, don't you? And I think it's great yeah. that you was able you was able to kind of realize that and do that. And you know, and over time, you said you've got these. You know, you've built up all this experience, and you've written a book, and you're you're doing workshops and things like that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I love I love what I do. Um, you know, and I, I was talking to someone this morning that in life you just have to you just have to try and do what you love doing and mm. unfortunately we get sidetracked we see somebody's doing something and it looks really trendy or 
attractive that what they're doing or really um, uh, fashionable. And they, oh, I'll do that, you know? Mm. Uh, when really reach into yourself and say, what do I love? What do I love doing? You know, is it meeting people or do I love being by myself and working alone? Or do I love art or music? And if you can find something you love and even something that you'll do for free, everything else will follow eventually, you know? Mm. Uh, and, you know, push aside the money and the rewards. Do what you love. Uh, and for the, for the first few years of me coaching, I did it for nothing. I just did it, you know, because I wanted to be better, train, mm. Uh, and learn and observe people as I'm coaching them. And, and you know, I think, I think I did it the way I was meant to do it, you know? Uh, and mm. um, I loved it and I, I love the fact. And when I see people struggling, I say, listen, just, just keep moving forward, keep moving forward. There'll be many days when you want to give up. Many days we wake up in the morning and ask ourselves that one question, is this worth it? Mm. Is it worth it? You know, and, and many times have I said to myself, you know, I just felt like giving up, I've given up, but I, you, you just got to keep going. And if, if anybody's out there is thinking about giving up and just follow what your heart says, your brain sometimes tells you, oh, you know, no, just mm. give up. Uh, mm. And we do compare our life against others. You might see if somebody set up a business, and you think, oh, that looks really good. Maybe I should do that. Keep on your journey. I was, mm. I'll think uh, one game changer for me, it's in the book is, one sentence everyone is on their own journey and for me adam that stopped me from comparing my life to others which which mm -hmm. i feel is a big problem these days especially on social media yeah yeah no exactly and i think that's a really really good point that everyone is on their own path and everyone is on, on their own journey and mm -hmm. The moment you look at someone else's life and what they've got or what they're doing, it can it can kind of shatter your self-esteem a little bit. And I think you have to stay on that path and that course. And like you said, you know, your your mind, you know, part of your brain will go, Oh, don't do this, or why are you doing this? And I've had days, I think that's you know, it's it's not letting that overtake you and kind of channeling that out and you know, reframing that, isn't it? And I think yeah. I've had that with some days of podcasts or you know, like I remember when I first started it, I did like 30 episodes and I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, um, am I, is it, is it going to take off kind of thing? You know, like thinking too far ahead and could look, you know, looking at other people's and what they're doing. And, um, you have to stay on that path, don't you? And I, I spoke to someone yesterday and I was like, I've only done, you know, 20 episodes. I'm like, it doesn't matter how many you've done you know, just as, as long as you're doing it, you know, you're, you're doing it, you know, mm, you're right. And, and I, I think, for me, what I've identified, Adam, just one of the things that people who are eventually successful do is they, they have consistency. And I, and I really do believe consistency is the glue to success in any area of your life. You've got to be consistent. And it's, mm. it's hard. It's bloody mm. hard. Yeah. So there will be days when you are feeling tired and exhausted and, you know, you you just got to move forward. Just keep moving forward. Even if it's 1% a day, in, in mm. one year, that's 365% you've improved, you know? Mm. And there will be many people, many, many people, Adam, who just give up before the finishing line. You know, there's a, there's, I was thinking about this this morning. It's funny we're talking about this. I was thinking about um, a story I'd read uh, years ago in, in a book, and it was about, 
you, you know, back in the um, the eighteen hundreds, there was the 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 Californian gold rush, where yeah. they they discovered little amounts of gold in California, and then suddenly from all over America, Adam, there were people leaving their town or the city heading for California because of this gold rush. They wanted to own some land and people were buying up land and whole families were mining the ground for gold. Wow. The interesting thing was in the story, this family, they bought this mine and they were mining it away. And the the father of the family, he was slightly impatient. They weren't seeing Mm. any results. Uh, and they were mining away, and he'd had other people working for him. And it was about nine, ten months into the, you know, the journey. They were mining, and they hadn't seen any gold. And around them, they saw a couple of people who had had gold, and they started comparing the life to theirs. You know, comparing the success. And then he started having a conversation with his wife, and thought, well, maybe we should sell, sell, sell up and go back to Boston, go back to the. Mm back to the east coast and she said oh no let's let's try a bit longer for another couple of months so he, he said oh, okay we'll try a couple of couple, for a couple of more months and a couple of months went by adam and not a single site of gold so they put the um mine up for sale and then they sold it to another family mm. uh, let's say from chicago so they left this mine thinking, God, we've got some money for this mine. Thank goodness for that. Let's go. Let's leave. They, they're not going to find a thing. So this family from Chicago moved in this, uh, and this other company started mining. Within a month, they found the largest strike of gold in Californian history. Wow. In a month. They were just a month away. This first, the first time they were a month away from finding They left it. The second family, the largest, they were millionaires overnight. Sometimes we just we just give up just before mm. the finishing line. So that story always resonated with me, Adam. So I just I just carry on. Just don't, you know, mm. love what you do. Don't give up. Don't give up. It might take years. Some people take mm. five years, some people take 20 years. It doesn't matter. Just keep going. Keep going. Mm. Um, but I thought just thought for me that that story does ring true for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I think that's really powerful. And it's really, it really puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Like, um, I, I've seen a picture which is similar to that. And there's a picture of this guy. It's like a cartoon. And there's one guy, you know, with his mining axe and he's picking away. Mm-hmm. And, and behind where he is, is like, you know, the gold or the diamonds. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other guy who's below him mining and he's walking away. But yeah, like you said, there is that, you know, the, the gold there. He's just given up, you know, fractions, yeah. you know, fractions away from uh, that success. And I think <clears throat> it's quite, well, you, it's quite scary, isn't it? Because it's that, it's, it's that thin line, isn't it? It's that thin line of where, how far some people, how, how close some people are to, you know, reaching that goal. And then they give up, you know, fractions away from it. And then mm. it's... Uh, like you said, it's just consistency and keeping at it, whatever that is. And um, you know Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, he. I, I looked at some of his older stuff from like seven years ago. And I'm like, wow. And then I looked at like you know where he is today and the Spotify deal. 
And it like, you know, he's just, like you said, just kept at it. And like you said, if he hadn't have, if he would have, if he would have cancelled it a year ago, he wouldn't have had that, you know, that deal. And yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, uh, <clears throat> you just got to keep going. You just got to, you know, Adam, just got to be yourself. And it's mm. easily said, be yourself, but it, it, it literally people can, they can, they see who you are, you know? And I always mm. say, people invest in people, people buy people. And they love, the more authentic yeah. they are, the better, you know? Uh, and again, the biggest problem, I think, one of the biggest problems that is say, inside it is, is people are looking on Instagram or, or social media, any social media, and they're mistakenly comparing their life to others. They don't need to, you know, because yeah. a lot of stuff you see online, uh, from people's lives is not tr even true it's just a, a representation uh, of what you think it is you know uh, everyone's got problems everyone mm. my life isn't perfect no one's mm. life is perfect you could be a billionaire call Elon Musk it's mm. not perfect he, you know we're they're human beings mm. uh, and they wake up and they have issues problems and we mm. all just have to deal with them it's really I found out that the, the quicker you can let go Mm. you can let go of a conversation which didn't go your way yesterday you know and it, it mm. might pissed you off so just mm. let go of it because if you're still talking about it a few days later it's weighing you down yeah. you know quick and you can let yeah. go of being disappointed by someone in business five years ago and stop ranting and raving about them you know um, mm. you can unload that mental backpack you know that mm. and unload it because it eventually will wear you down you know you know if i hold this cup here Initially, it's quite light. Yeah. But if we're going to be there for an hour, and I'm going to keep holding this, eventually it's going to it's going to mm. it's going to weigh me mm. down. Mm. You know, and our mind is the same. It might start off as something light, but if we carry on, it will develop from a snowball into an avalanche, and it will envelop us. So we have mm. to be careful, uh, and that's where I thought, well, you know, if people could let go quicker, life could be so yeah. much easier. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I think like sometimes people are probably unaware that they're holding on to stuff and they're just holding on to stuff and holding on to stuff. And I've had that conversation with people. I'm like, just move on. I'm like, it's the past, you know, it's not, it's not, that's been and gone kind of thing. And, mm. you know, it's, and it, it, it takes a, a lot of self-awareness, doesn't it? I, I, um, I walked past this place that I used to work and mm. I, I just kind of, I quit. I just kind of, didn't, I just kind of like walked out because I was stressed and it was busy and I wasn't happy and I never kind of like resolved it with the boss and mm. I, wa I walked past the other day and he was in there and it was on my mind and I felt this kind of like ah you know that kind of guilt kind of thing mm. so I I like knocked on the door and I just said oh, I can have a quick chat and I just I kind of apologized and I said you know sorry about what happened xyz Mm. Um, you know, I hope you're okay. And he said, oh, I hope you're all right. And, and I went home. And, and then afterwards, I felt better doing that because, like you said, that I wasn't aware of it until I walked past, but it kind of, I felt heavy. I felt like a heavy burden because, but it does weigh down on you and it's not healthy for you, is it? And that's just what, one example. If you've got 10 different things that are weighing down on you. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, and it's, <clears throat> As you said, it's it's a bit it's when you think about it and you're more aware of it and you reflect in it, um, you get good at it. 
So mm. you, could, you could arrive, say, on a, on a weekend and you can just look back at your week and say, right, what did I really enjoy about this week? Mm. Uh, what did I not enjoy about this week? You know, what, what could I, what do I choose to let go now from this week so that next week is better? And it gives you that opportunity. And if you think, if you did that weekly, Adam, that's 52 times a year, you could let go of stuff. And like you said, you could speak to someone, um, you could ring someone up and say, listen, you know, I know we didn't get on on Tuesday night at the meeting, but I'd like to say, appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, that's bygone be bygones, you know? If we mm. can do that quicker uh, in that instance, it's, it makes life easier. Otherwise it, it festers in the background. And, and yeah. you say you passed in a place and you be, you, you're triggered, you have a reminder. Mm. Uh, and that means you didn't let it go until that moment, until you spoke to that guy and you knocked the door, you know? And sometimes yeah. it takes a brave person to just say, listen, um, we agree to disagree, but let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. And I think it's, uh, it's definitely like one of those things like that people, I think just some people hold grudges and some people don't. And like, I couldn't be that person who holds grudges. And I think like, I did in the past, you see someone and you avoid them and you, you cross the road and that kind of thing. And uh, I think like you said, it's, it's important and it's better for your well-being because over time it's, you know, so, something may happen to that person and you're like, oh, I should have said something to that, you know, I should, you know, then it's not resolved and, and, and then it's, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but like, I like, I like um, in your, in your book, cause I was reading, I was reading over it, um, some of the things you sent out the extracts and uh i like one of your quotes it was like life isn't life isn't easy it's 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 a work in progress life plat life plateaus the moment you start working on yourself mm. and you know you can you may slip backwards and i think that's that's true isn't it because i think like everything's a process and a work in progress and you know and we are mm. and you know if we're not moving forward to something or growing in some way i i feel that like you stagnate you have to have something you're growing in or you know mm. yeah you, you you're absolutely right and you know when you're doing something you you love you you feel alive mm. uh and I, I remember working with a client and um he he'd gone from being mr angry to mr i love life and i'm more grateful than ever before and his his mum, his sister, they said, man, David, he's really changed. He's really changed. He was Mr. Reactive before, but he's literally let stuff go. I remember speaking to him, uh, you know, one of our last sessions, and he said, uh, I, you know, I, I love surfing, David. I said, oh, yeah. He said, I go surfing. I said, well, what happens when you're surfing? He said, when I'm surfing, he said, man, there are no thoughts going through my head. I'm just in the now. I'm not thinking mm. about anything of the past. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm just grateful for this moment. He said, I'm going to use it as one of the tools to let it go, you know, because mm. part of the let it go process is do things you love. Mm. Do things you try and do things. I know it's, a, you know, we're in a challenging time at the moment, but do things you love. And if you can do a bit of exercise, do some exercise. If you can do some reading, do things which feed your soul. Mm. It, it sets you to a path where, as you say, you're growing you're developing 
and you're exposing your mind to stuff that feeds you rather than focusing on perhaps the, the negative news, you know, the negative news or having conversations with people who are just derogatory about everything, including the world, you know, that's not really going to help you grow. Yeah, no, that's a really good, great point. And, you know, like focusing on the things that resonate with you and the things that you love, you know, they're going to benefit how you feel in your life and how you ultimately, you know, interact with other people, isn't it? It just shows like that relationship that you have with yourself, you know, it's kind of like the relationship you have with other people and it just kind of like ripples, doesn't it? And I think as well with surfing, I mean, I, I've never tried surfing, I should. Um, but apparently it's really good for like your ego because, you know, like you're, you can't control those waves that are coming. And um, I remember Joe Rogan, he talked about it and he said like, this is why people who do surfing is like they don't really have an, much of an ego because you know, they they get battered by a wave and you can't really be, you know, puffing your chest out if you get <laughs> smashed by a wave kind of thing. Um so but no, I think I think it's it's important, like you said, just to let let go and you know, do the things you love and, and try them out. Um because as you got another quote here and it said letting go releases ourselves from the past. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it, with the book, it, even though the book is called Let It Go, How to Stop Your Past Ruin Your Future, it actually, there are huge parts of the book, which, you know, for example, someone who's a warrior, um, hmm. who's an uh, anxiety sufferer, somebody who's just overthinks. If you, if you just even analyze that, all the worries that we ever have are always future-based, yeah. So if you're lying there at night worrying, it could be you're worrying about are you going to be able to pay a mortgage? You're worrying about how you're going to lose weight before the holiday. You know, you're worrying, mm. you're worrying about um, what's going to happen in the meeting tomorrow. All these are future based. So you're lying there mm. at night you're, you're, and you're thinking about stuff that hasn't happened. Very rarely mm. do warriors think about the past. It's all about future based. Future based. So you're worrying about that's what worrying is. It's us going into the future and actually trying to second guess something's going to happen. I mean, have you ever basically been on walking somewhere or on the shower and you're, you're there, you're in a good mood. Mm. And then suddenly you have a, you're starting to have a conversation with someone who's not even there. And you're yeah. Like, oh, they say this, I said that. And then in that conversation, this imaginary conversation you're on with this person could be your best friend. It, you're suddenly in a mood and you're not even, mm. they're not even there. And then, yeah. you, you know, you step out to your shower and you think you're in a bad mood because you've worked yourself up in your state and you're, you're thinking about something else future based that hasn't happened. And back to when you said about, um, to add to what you said about the surfing the wave, of course, because you're getting, you're actually trusting the waves. You're trusting yourself at that time. You're trusting mm. that everything's going to be okay. And you know you're at the mercy of the waves, but what you what you and there's a lot of uncertainty because anything could happen in the sea, obviously. Mm. Uh, but you actually trusting everything's going to be okay, mm. and that is if you take that into real life, if people could trust that, for example, when you're waiting at the altar, she's going to turn up. That you're not mm. you stop worrying, she's going to turn up, or or she's worried about will she get into the wedding dress before the wedding? You know, mm-hmm. what we're saying is, will I? What if this happens? We're not trusting it's going to happen. And, and uh, 
quick question you can ask yourself is, how many things that you've ever worried about, honestly, have come true? What percentage of the things in your life mm. that you worried about come true? What's your answer to that? What percentage? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say a very small percentage. <laughs> um, yeah. I I think sometimes if you can focus on things, sometimes that you know they can happen. Like um, um, if you, I think if you're, you know, if I've if I've been rushing or worrying to get to work, you know, like you know when I was doing hospitality. I'm probably more likely to, you know, stub my toe on something or something like that. So, but, but, you know, like they're like minor things, but I think major things of, you know, worry, you know, that haven't really happened because like you said, it's just kind of, you know, you're kind of, kind of neg negative self-talking like imagination almost, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we, we always say we work ourselves up into a state mm. and we have something what psychologists call catastrophe thinking. We just think the worst. Uh, and we, we don't trust it. Even those evidence to show that most of our life, most of our worries have not come true. I think psychologists mm. have done studies and it's something like under 10%, like 8%. Mm. That means you've got a 92% yeah. of everything going okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had it the other night because we had like thunderstorms in the UK, mm. didn't we, the, the other night. And yeah. Um, I, I was watching the news and they said that because of the humidity or something like that, the clouds are lower. Mm. So the thunder was a lot louder because it obviously was lower mm. to the ground. And I got woken up at half past four the other morning and it was like, like a bang, bang, bang explosion sound. Mm. And, I, and I was wide awake and I didn't know if I was just dreaming or if it was a noise outside. But anyway, I started thinking, oh, the thunder is going to hit my house. Mm. It's going, you know, all these, you know, catastrophic worries, mm. you know, like, oh, is the thunder going to hit my house? Is it going to hit me? And I couldn't sleep for like two hours after that because I'd got into that kind of worried state. Mm. And it made me realize that that kind of primitive part of us that can instantly go to that fight or flight. Mm. And, and I thought to myself, you know, the power of you know the, the universe and everything else and kind of how you know how we are as people we don't really have control of all of the stuff going on around us but how we kind of react to it if that makes sense it kind of yeah it just get, it's going around my head for ages yeah absolutely we we um there's a power statement in the book um there's a chapter called power statements in the book and it it's based on the on the courses I, I've, I've uh, delivered over the years. And one of the yeah. power statements is, the only variable I can control is myself. Mm. Which means we can't control the weather. You can't control if somebody is going to do something that's going to be go your way. You know, ev everything is um, variable. All, these are all variables. So we can't control how it's going to be next Friday night when we go out, you know, to the pub mm. who's going to be there. We... We just have, the only thing we can manage is our own state, our own self. Mm. And there's times when we are, of course, you're on a plane. Yeah, I've had that. Turbulence flying over the Atlantic and you're thinking, oh my God, is it, is it going to be me? You know? uh, yeah. Though it's planes go over the Atlantic all the time. It, 
might put somebody off flying for life. Mm. So they might think, well, this must be flying. It could be their first ever flight. They have turbulence and that's it. It puts them off flying because they think they're going to be involved in a, in a, in a plane crash. When really the stats show, as you know, the famous stats show that plane flying is very, very safe. Mm. But in their head, they have this belief now, which is in, that, in the blueprint. Mm. Um, right on the blueprint, the belief is flying is not safe and I'm not going to risk my life. That's it. Once the person thinks that, they're highly unlikely to make an easy step into flying. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, you know, how we all kind of have, you know, our own kind of blueprint and our blueprints work. And I think, because I, I wrote that down as well, because there's a diagram in the book and it's uh, like blueprint, thoughts, feelings, and then there's action behaviors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, the, it's based on the model which um, I created based on CBT, but I added the blueprint part to it, which, which, which is basically our blueprint contains our belief system, what we think is true, mm. you know, um, it contains our values, what's most important things in our life, like security, safety, freedom, joy, family, whatever, money. If you know anyone who's very, very money orientated, Right at the, near the top of the list of values is money. You know, simple as simple as that. You might have somebody who is a big adventurer. Adventure is near the top of their list of values. So you'll find them on a mountain climbing. You'll find them mm -hmm. out of a plane, you know, because they're an adventure seeker. So you, you know how a person lives their life by their values. That's in there. Um, the fears are in there. Our fears are in there. So if you imagine the blueprint is like a, a chest of drawers. And in each mm -hmm. drawer is a system. So your values, your beliefs, your memories, which are very skewed, because you might have a memory of something happened in your childhood and your sibling or your parents will have a totally different memory of the event. Who's mm. right? Because the brain, yeah, yeah. you know, the brain de deletes and distorts. And then you've got your, um, what's, what I call the, um, a toxic thinking trap, which is how you, are you comparing your life to others? Are you always blaming people, complaining, judging, criticizing? So that's the draw for that. Uh, and then there's an emotional needs draw where some people are more needy for love. Some people mm. need security. Some people love variety. Some, you know, some people um, are very much invested in connection. Some mm. people need you to make them feel important. So that's in there as well. And imagine this system in place uh, and this system that's called your mental blueprint then produces your thoughts. So if you are thinking um, angry thoughts, you'll be feeling angry. That's the next part. Step three. And the step four then is you're quite reactive, you know, so you're very reactive. So you could have happy thoughts, you're feeling happy. And then you, you, your behavior is that you're quite clear in what you want to do in life and you're focused. There might be somebody who's um, have nervous thoughts because they're going into a meeting. So they're feeling nervous. And then when in the, in the meeting, if you're feeling nervous, guess what? The people around you are going to feel your nervous energy, isn't it? Have you been around someone yeah. who so you can feel their energy? So yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, I, I put it in a way so people can understand. Oh, actually, okay, this thinking, feeling, and behavior, okay. But the blueprint part is the part you can change. You can change that. Mm. So, you know, if somebody comes up to you and say, "Adam, come on, man, be positive," and puts their arm around you, 
we feel like swinging for them because <laughs> you don't know how I'm feeling, you know? <laughs> you know? Because they say, oh, be positive. Well, you think, well, you don't know what I've been through. And it's true, they don't. But they want to help you. But you think, so what's happened in your blueprint is something that perhaps has happened to you and you want to change the way you look at it, you know? Mm. It could be that you've had a really hard year uh, and nobody knows how you've been feeling. Nobody knows what you've gone through. And then somebody says, be positive. And it gets you annoyed, yes? Mm. You do know that you can change, but it's got to come from you. Yeah. Message. It's, it's, got to, it's an inside job, should we say. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's really great points that you mentioned. And I think, like, it just shows you, doesn't it, how you could take, for example, 10 people and put them into a scenario and each of those people are going to have a different experience in that situation, like you said, probably, you know, down to their blueprint and, you know, their beliefs and all these values, isn't it? Like, um, you know, like like a boardroom meeting or something like that or a scenario where they have to do something. Mm. And I think that's what, like you said, as well like each person has those kind of different set of values like i remember you know one of my ex-girlfriends she could she could book a flight like that in a heartbeat and be like, oh let's go there next week mm. whereas i'm like whoa hang on a sec um and i and i <laughs> but i think it's interesting how like i said people have these differences from how people work and i think with all these differences it just shows you how people can clash and how people can you know vibe and, and get on it just it, i find it really fascinating like for me i i couldn't just it, compulsively book a flight straight away i'd part of me would have to think about it and plan a little bit probably or look at you know the reasons why or you know whereas some people can just go okay fine done it done go on. yeah you got see we've, we've all got like a, a different mental filter that blueprint i mentioned to you uh, and in your blueprint, it might be that you need you need certainty. Where are we going? Where yeah. are we going from? How much is it going to cost? You know, have I got the time? Um, how am I mm. going to feel? Where we? You know, and you need all the certainty and security about about the situation. Where with her, it could have been, well, I'm just going freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that certainty. You know, I'm just going. <laughs> Life's an adventure. You know, yeah. if we mess it up when we're there, we mess it up. With you, it's like, yeah. oh, no, I, I can't do that. Uh, I, yeah. I need to know, you know? Mm. So we all have this different filter, uh, I call the blueprint. And, and because of that, we've got different hurdles or gateways that the information has to pass through some people more than others. Mm. You know, you might say to someone, oh, I want to start a business. Mm. You know, a, a person say, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I, I, need yeah. to know, I need to be employed. I need to have the money coming in every month. I, I, a business sounds risky. I can't do yeah, that. Yeah. So, but you might be a high risk person say, oh, no, no, let's do it. It's, a, you know, let's yeah. do this. So mm. some people are high risk. Some people are low risk. So you, you're going to mm. clash. Mm. But who's right or who's wrong? You've just got to respect that everyone's got different opinion. Uh, it may not match yours. Mm. But for us to understand that everyone is, we're all different. We're all equal. Yeah. We're very different the way, just the way we think. Yeah. No, I agree. And you know, I ended up, you know, going on this trip that I mentioned, you know, a while back. And mm. it kind of opened me up more to that kind of, you know, being more relaxed around, you know what I mean? Not thinking so much into traveling and all, the, you know, the variables and just kind of doing it. So mm. it, it just shows you sometimes you just need to just step out of your comfort zone, just step into, you know, that, that thing. And I think 
I think that's how people can make you grow, you know, as a person, can't they? Certain relationships can kind of challenge you and make you grow. Um, and it's all kind of like for a reason, isn't it? And yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. And um, in the book as well, you mentioned like the uh, concept, which I really like. So I've never seen this before. Um, like the balloon mm-hmm. and you said like you know life I couldn't read my handwriting it's really bad um, like life is a beautiful hot air balloon and the sandbags you know like doubts and fears mm-hmm. um, that are you know kind of holding you down and as you as you're in the hot air balloon you know you're letting go of these sandbags which are ultimately you know the fears and the doubts mm-hmm. um, and that's a really great way you know great perspective thank you, thank you. yeah it's uh... A lot of people are waiting to take off, you know, in their hot air balloon, they're in the basket and they're mm. wondering why. And if you look over the side, these sandbags are weighing the balloon down. And yeah, they represent many things. They represent, oh, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of not being liked, fear of the unknown, um, self-criticizing oneself, not forgiving oneself. You know, all these little things are weighing someone down, but once you let go, your, your life can rise to an, a different level, but it's often we are doing the things to ourselves which are stopping ourselves from developing and growing. Uh, and uh, yeah, the hot air balloon analogy, yeah, yeah, I put it in the book. Yeah, thank you for the comments. No, no, you're, no, you're welcome. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it's really important, you know, and I think like you mentioned as well, you know, not having regrets and stop putting off, uh, you know, I'll do it later. Um, you know, those, you know, those, those kind of things that we can do, I'll say we'll do it later, um, you know, and kind of just doing it now. Procrastination. I always think that the five words which drive procrastination are, I will do it later. Uh, and we've all said it and done it. And for a variety of reasons, we say it because at that time, it makes us feel comfortable. I will do it later. You know, mm. we put something off, which could be good for us, but we put it off. Um, when I've done workshops on procrastination, how to overcome it, some people have said, I, I put it off. I'm trying to avoid responsibility. So they put it off. Mm. Uh, some people said, I, I do it. I put it off because um, it makes me feel anxious at that time. I'm feeling a bit stressed and anxious. Mm. Off. some people say you know oh, I'm, i feel overwhelmed so there's, there's many reasons why we procrastinate it is to uh, avoid feeling a certain way so we procrastinate mm. how many times in our life have you done something and you said to yourself oh that was not as bad as i thought it was that yeah was easier than i thought it was you know we we just had this mental picture in our head mm. and we put it off yeah no i see i I almost kind of did that with driving, you know, when I, when I was learning to drive, like there was parts of me where I got so far into it. I was like, oh, it's just too much, you know? And mm. it's quite dangerous, you know, when you think that, because it's like all that, all that effort and that work that you just put into it up to that point, mm. you know, you could be three months into it, four months into it. And if you just stop, mm. you know, you've got to go back over again. Yeah, you know, and at that time is just kind of not, kind of kind of wasted in some way. You've got to go back over it, and uh, with the with the procrastination, it, make, it makes me think about me because my this is like a small example. Mm. My mum will say, "Can you make me a cup of tea or coffee?" And I'll say, "I'll do it in a minute," 
and uh, that I'll, I'll do it in a minute. It's kind of like it, 20 minutes might go by and it's not a minute. <laughs> and yeah. my mom's like, why, have, why, have you, why haven't you done that? I told you, you know, you'll say in a minute. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, like you said, if, you're, if you say that, you're, you're caught up doing something else and you want to stay with that relaxed feeling because you're sat down, you don't have to you know, get up if you say I'm going to do it in a minute, probably. Yeah, no, it's... yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's it's uh, one minute becomes twenty minutes. It's really easy, and we all do it. Uh, yeah. it's the truly really the major things that we we could be doing, we're, we're, we're stopping. You might somebody say, "Oh, I want to lose weight," uh, and they, uh, you know, someone says, "I've got this. You know, there's this great program online. There's a great book. You know, it might be useful to you." And you'll say, oh, yeah, I'll do it later," and they just put it off. So. Mm. Um, I always say that when the emotion to change is greater than your excuses, you're currently telling yourself, you will you, take action. Until then, you'll just sit still. And there's got to be an emotional reason, Adam, why you have to make that change. So, you know, during lockdown, <laughs> I had lockdown weight like a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I put on about a stone or oh, way over stone and I... I I then thought, no, I've got to lose this. For health reasons, I'm going to lose this. I have to. Mm. I went about in, in August, September losing it, so I've lost it all now. Um, yeah. I feel better because I was just feeling sluggish, you yeah. know, mentally not the races, uh, just eating chocolate every night and all, all sort of goodies. And it was just yeah. comfort food because we're all in a time when we're thinking, how are we going to get out of this? <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that uncertainty so yeah we all do it it's just i always believe that we have to go to the mind gym and work on ourselves every single day just do a little mm -hmm. bit every single day uh, and that's i mean the book is absolutely chock-a-block with tools and strategies tips advice all the way through if somebody can use it for a manual and refer to at any time which which um i you know designed it that way so it's really easy so a teenager could read it and somebody said oh but can my grandmother read it i said yeah Actually, yeah some of my clients are in their 60s and 70s so it's it's you know you've seen you've seen it. it's got illustrations in there and and, and uh, scenarios case studies and exercises at the end of every chapter which is um to help people because you know at the end of the day you're going to get up and you're going to feel like shit some days you, want to, you know, how do I get past this? So, yeah, that's why I designed the book so people could get past, you know, it would just help you. It asks you a couple of questions or gives you an exercise and that could change your mindset for the morning. Makes mm. make life so much easier in, in, in work or in your relationship, you know? Yeah. Mood. And again, said it earlier on, it, it's an inside job. You've got to do it yourself. Mm. No one can change your mindset. You've got to do it yourself. You know, I think they're really great points. And I like, you know, for since I was looking at some of the extracts that you sent forward, um, I really, really like the way you structured it, you know, from what, I, from what I've seen. And, the, you know, you're welcome. And, and the exercises as well. And it re they're, they're, you ask those questions that really get you thinking. Mm. And, you know, they're not, you know, deep, deep, deep questions that are hard to kind of think about. They're, they kind of straightforward and hit the nail on the head. And, mm. um is it one of them I've got written down here? Um, how will your life change if you let go of what's holding you back? 
and it makes you just put yourself into that area where you just think about it and you you think you start kind of thinking ahead and mm. how if you let go of xyz how you're going to feel and um have I another one down? yeah really straightforward exercises i find you know and um i, I really like them and i think the way you've worded it and structured it is a really really good thank you thank you man no, you're welcome. And I think that's what people want, isn't it? They they want something that's kind of, sh you know, short and simple and easy to kind of, you know, do and work on. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, thank you. It's, it's something that... I, I, when I first started writing, I thought I wanted to design it so you can keep it in your bag, your rucksack, your handbag, whatever. So at any time, you can just go to any chapter because uh, it's got that same layout and think, right, what are the exercises? Or what kind of question can I ask myself this morning? You know, or... Um, you know, there's a lot of his practical uh, techniques. Like there's a there's a, there's a there's an exercise in there called the letter, and I, I remember. Could I show you this? Could I share this exercise with you? Uh, and and uh, yeah, of course. It, it's 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 called the letter, and it's basically asking you to. You know, these days the art of letter writing is just what then. Who writes letters these days? It's just text messages, and emails. Mm. I, I remember asking a group. Uh, in one of the classes, I said, well, "Listen, I want you to write a letter to someone that you can. You need to forgive someone, or you need to say something loving to, or appreciative, or gratitude, or well, write a letter to someone for something, and write it and post it, even if it's someone you live with." And uh, and in this particular time for this group, I remember about a month later, I got an email from someone said they'd been on on one of my classes and then she wrote me an email one saturday night i remember i think i should be opening emails but i did i opened this one and uh, <laughs> and it was a long email and she said to me that said thank you for um uh, the class i attended and and that you you one of the exercises you gave us to do homework was the letter and she says i wrote it to my father i thought oh, okay where's this going and she said we've been estranged for five years we haven't spoken and she didn't explain why, but she said, we, we just had a fallout. We haven't spoken for five years. Mm. She said, I wrote him a letter. And in that letter was information you know, that, that she shared with the father. And she said, the father, the very next day, rung her up. She called her and they made up over the phone. And then he came and saw his grandchild for the first time ever. His grandchild by this time was four years old. And she said, David, that one exercise repaired um, my relationship with my father just by sending him the letter. Because we'd, we'd, we'd had a miscommunication between us. And we'd fallen out, like a lot of people do. Uh, mm -hmm. And they'd repaired their relationship. And he saw his grandchild for the first time ever. And she said, thank you. Thank you for that, for that one exercise. And that's in the book. And I explain in the book um, how to do it and, you know, and what way to do it. And I've had lots and lots of people send me um, feedback from that one, just that one exercise in the book, you know. Mm. Um, and she said, I, we managed to let go, put it behind us and forgive each other. And she said, our relationship as father and daughter has never been better than it is now. She said, thank you. But I was, um, yeah. Wow. Wow. 
that's amazing. And I think that's, it's so rewarding, like you said, you know, that you can, you know, for the work that you're doing and, you know, for your book and the, you know, these workshops and, and uh, exercises that, you know, they can really impact and, you know, make a difference in people's lives. And I think that's really, you know, beneficial, isn't it? Because, yes, thank you, you know, no, no, you're welcome. And I think that's, it's so powerful, isn't it? Because like you said, that they've been talking, you know, didn't, not been on talking terms for five plus years. And just by doing that and taking that leap and sending a letter, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, he's able to see his grandchild and yeah. be there and they're talking now. The impact is huge because uh, if we take action, if we, we change, it's like the ripple effect, the world around us changes. You know, mm. if we, we can be better for ourselves then we are better on other people and we have better friendships, better relationships. We're, we're better in our job, our business. And it has to start again, as I said, it has to start with us. Take, take, mm. take ownership of, of the way we think. Uh, mm. And um, when we do that, and it's, it's like having an aha moment, you know, mm. like, like finding out, okay, yeah, I'm, um, I'm a people pleaser. I need to do something about this, you know? Mm. Uh, and then you go about finding right. Why am I a people pleaser? And again, there are strategies in the book to help you overcome people pleasing, to let that go. Because we're, you know, procrastination, people pleasing, need for validation, over comparing our life. These are all pretty bad habits that people have. And if they were to let them go, they might be happier. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And it makes me, you know, think back to when I, when I was working in one place for many years, I, I, I was a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I, I was staying in a job, you know, that I hated because I was worried about how the manager or the other people I work with were going to feel and think if I left. And, uh, you know, worrying about that and pleasing, um, you know, bosses and people who you work for and revolving around you know their needs and not yours and putting them on the back bench and yeah i think like to some extent in hospitality you have to kind of people pleasing you know, the customers but obviously not yeah. to an extent that's you know off-putting with that, that fine kind of balance with it isn't it but mm-hmm. you have to like you said look after your own needs um as well because it's a lot of energy that goes out and people pleasing as well 100 you, you know the the thing that I, when I've w- worked with people in the past, they say, they say these two things. They say, I feel exhausted and mm. eventually, uh, and they say, it's taken up so much of my time. And, and then I say, how do you feel then? After all these years of being a people pleaser, how do you feel? What's it left you feeling towards certain people when you're people pleasing? And they say quite a few things, and, but there's one word that turns up. A lot and that is they say i eventually feel resentful mm. resent resentful towards those people they've been people pleasing or just, just or just towards the people that were people pleasing uh, and then they feel they say i feel annoyed at myself mm. that i've given so much of my time and energy and you know Helping people in service is the, you know, the, it's wonderful. Yeah. But there's a certain type of people pleasing, which is where you 
you're giving so much of your time and energy, you're mm. forgetting about yourself. You've, you've effectively devalued your own time and energy. Uh, and as a result, if you're feeling exhausted and, and emotional, it can leave you in a state of despair. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's not about not helping people. It's about just reining back in those times when you could say, you can say, you know, you know, I've, I've had, I remember working with people please recently and she said, well, you know, they're always telling me in work to, uh, can I organize the Zooms, the Zoom mm. session with all the colleagues, you know, because I'm a misefficient. I say, yes, mm. what's the problem? She said, well, you know, I've got a young baby and I've got a husband and another child and why doesn't somebody else take that role? But I can't keep, I, I keep saying yes, you know? Mm. And I said, what's the reason you keep saying yes? What do you think it is? And she had a good thought. And she said, well, one of the reasons is, she said, um, I feel good when I do it because I get, you know, I get good feedback and it makes me feel good about myself. Mm. I thought, really? So it makes me feel good about myself. So I can't go and I can't go into what else happened. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. That, you know, uh, but she was getting something from the people pleasing emotionally. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I used to be in that place where I was doing that, um, especially, you know, front of house, waitering. And when I, when I was doing it, I was kind of running on my adrenaline and my nerves. Mm. And I was feeling, feeling you know, depleted afterwards because all my energy was, you know, running around cortisol, trying to do my best. And I, I remember, I mean, how old was I? Seven, sixteen, seven, seventeen, eighteen, mm. and you know, trying too hard. You know, trying too hard, um, and then I was, you know, worried about making mistakes and things like this. But, but yeah, pe people will respect you, I think, more, and they're going to feel more relaxed if you're at ease and you're not trying too hard. Because I think mm. I recognise it, I see it in other people because I was in that, you know, I've been in that place myself, and it kind of makes me think you know what what's behind that you know why are they trying too hard or why are they pleasing so much like what's behind that are they wanting something from me um it's mm. but it, like you said that person felt resentful and it's that yin and yang isn't it because they're people pleasing but then resentful for that energy that they've given out and it's quite a self-destructive process in the long run isn't it you're doing that a lot yeah absolutely yeah it's um you know, as I said, it's it's the most wonderful thing in the world to help people, of course. Mm. If it's costing you your happiness, there's something wrong. Mm. There's something deeply wrong. If it's costing you your happiness, your time, and your energy to the point where some people say it's costing me my health because I'm exhausted. Mm. And if there's mm. a bug going around, I'm going to catch it. So they say, you know, mm. that. And you just have to balance, really. It's a balance between helping people for the for the right reasons obviously mm. and self-care yeah yeah you know if you plan to have a nice bath on a thursday evening and you know a bit of mm. self-care and you're going to sit there and relax read a book and then somebody says oh you know can you jump onto this zoom meeting you know later on and you and you really want to have a bath but then you people please say, oh yeah okay i'll be there you know yeah that was your choice <laughs> When it, you know, when it wasn't mandatory, you were there, but you decided again 
to people, please, for some reason. So mm. it's really having that, drawing that line, expecting uh, mm. your time and energy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when, you know, like, I, I would finish work in the hotels and people like, oh, you're coming down for a drink. It's like, I would have wanted to go for a drink. I want to, you know, sit at home and just relax, like you said, just have that downtime. And then you would then people please because you go, oh, okay, I'll go out. And, mm. and then you feel like crap. And then you have not, not had that time to yourself. And then, it's like you said, it's important just to have that bit of space and just have that kind of self-care time. So then it elevates you for the next day or the next week. I think that's like, you know, at the weekend, I'll, you know, I, don't, I, I love doing podcasts anyway, so that doesn't, you know, phase me in the week weekend. But like, I will watch a bit of TV or play a video game for them. And it's like, if I, if I don't have that self-care time, downtime, mm. I can't be a better version of myself, you know, the week ahead. Mm. You know, I feel I feel burnt out just not having that sit down time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's a said going back to do things you love in your life. Mm. Uh, if that's fishing, go fishing. Yeah, because <laughs> your um, your best friends don't like fishing, go go for yourself. You know, and mm. if you like uh, going on nature walks, go on those. And you know, and, and I, I used to call it the ten pin bowling effect. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's gone gone bowling with friends and we always say the same thing after Adam. Why do we do this more often? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do we do this more often? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Five years later we do it again, you know? But it's yeah. like uh, when you you know, I, I love temping bowling and we've done it very often and, and uh if we get people together, have a little drink, bowl, have, have some fun, take the mick out of each other. But you know, on, on a seriously on a on a day-to-day basis, if you can do something you love. So if you love reading and you tell people you love reading, but you're not reading, are you either lying to yourself, you're not really a reader, or you're just not caring for yourself to sit down for 20 minutes, half an hour, give yourself that time, read, mm. read, read a few chapters, you know, if, if that feeds your soul, why not do it? Yeah. 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 No, no, exactly. And I think that's like, you know, like people in business and, you know, um, Instagram, if you, you know, if you were like cooking, you know, do cooking videos. If you like gardening or, you know, fishing, do, do that. Um, I, I've got a guy who I'm friends with and he, he likes fit, you know, like um, fishing, but he yeah. likes aquariums, you know, like tanks and aquariums. Oh yeah. And yeah. He, he's setting up a business on the side, you know, with aquariums and fish and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. And, and he's put that on his Instagram, and you know that's. And, and I think people have to kind of, like I said, follow what what they love, like you said, um, yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, you know, if you have an idea, people might think you're crazy. You know, yeah. Elon Musk, they thought it was crazy to start mm. making electric cars, and you know, and they the car manufacturers laughed at him when you know they started to try and make electric cars. Well, they're not laughing anymore. But mm. you, you look at um, James Dyson was... Yeah, I he, saw that. You know, he went to the elect, you know, Electrolux and Hoover and said, we'd like to, uh, you know, we're looking to develop technology for a, a bagless Hoover. And they laughed. Mm. They thought, no, I'm going to, we're going to try it. And he spent millions of his own money on loans and almost went bankrupt and took him, what was it, five, six, seven years mm. to, to do it. And they did it. And they changed yeah. the paradigm. They mm. just shifted the world. And sometimes, you know, in this world, 
not at that, that sort of global level, but you can change your own world by doing something and you mm. might get people around you who just don't get you. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Mm. If you're following, again, if you're following your heart, you know, if your gut feeling says, no, this is right, this feels right. Okay, mm. what they're saying, what they're saying is makes sense, it's logical, but this feels right. Mm. Then make the change, start it. Yeah. You know, one of my first ever ever clients, uh, Adam, was somebody who worked in an office. And uh, she said, oh, David, I really want to do aromatherapy. I want to be mm. a therapist and do that. that sort of thing. I thought, great, okay. So, but I don't know what to do. And she was stuck in life. So one of her first other clients was being stuck. And I said, okay, fine. What would you love to do? And she said, I want to do that, aromatherapy. Maybe I'll do massage after that, or maybe I'll do Reiki healing. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. What you need to do? So she made that plan. The first thing was to do is to get that certification in aromatherapy. Mm. She was working in an office. So how am I going to swap from that career to this career? I said, well, that may not happen overnight, but what about just getting that first client of yours? Mm. You know? And then she worked it out. If I did one evening a night, I could start getting clients in. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, what happens if you did then so many clients? You had to do two evenings a night. Oh, great, great. And then she worked out how much she could charge. A year later... It's about a year, 18 months later, I had an email from her. This is back years ago. Uh, and she said, David, thank you. Mm. Um, I've left my job in the office. I left my job. I am now a full-time aromatherapist and I'm doing this other. Uh, I'm mm. a full-time clinician. I thought, wow, well done you. You know, well done you. Mm. You, you, you worked it. So she built it small, 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 built it up. Yeah. And then eventually then, did less days in the office and then she became a full-time therapist mm. and that's how the mind can work because sometimes we think oh such a massive shift needed you know mm-hmm. you're just going to do one step at a time you know we talk about this uh, and and people if they just looked at each goal so if your goal is to um if, if your goal is to set up your own cafe it might take you three years to get the money together or the ideas or to find the premises. But in the meantime, keep doing your job and then work out, right, okay, maybe I need some barista training. I'll go on a course. You know, I'm going to find out the menus. It might take a couple of years, but some people think it needs to be done by next week. No. So work out the goal and then work, the, work backwards then. Re, mm. And engineer it, re-engineer it backwards. Work out the, the little mini goals to get you there. And then it's exciting. It's exciting. It might take a three, it might take a two, it might take a four. But can you imagine that you are the end of your life? You've lived a life where you did what you wanted to do. You mm. did what you wanted to do. You know, and I can tell you years ago, um, oh yes, I remember years ago, somebody came on one of my courses. This is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she um she she Email me or text me. So David, 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 you won't believe this. I said, uh, and I, I looked at the rest of the message. I'm a graphic designer. And she was something like wow. 53 years old, right? 63 mm-hmm. years old. She'd started, she'd been on uh, a course, something, and, and she she had retired early-ish from a job she'd hated. And she'd got this, you know, confidence in herself. 
uh, and she went ahead and she trained at night to become a graphic uh, designer. And she said, oh, Dave, I wish I'd done this years and years ago. And I did remember, mm. I should back say, well, perhaps it wasn't around years ago. This is your time. <laughs> said, oh, I love it, Dave. I love it. I love it. You know, you know so when I hear these stories of people making changes in their life, you know, because um, she said she was in the 60s and she near 60 at that time when she started training and she she said it just transformed her life because she felt she had no purpose in life when she'd retired you know and she just felt lost but mm. uh, yeah she got a qualification graphic design and then she started doing little logos for people and designing stuff and hey it's wonderful to see that wonderful you can you can make a change at any age mm. that's powerful isn't it and i think that's a great a great example and story as well, isn't it? You know, someone who, you know, found something they love and they, they executed on it, you know, regardless of, you know, like you said, the age. And I think it's like, you have a, you have to make a decision, don't you, ultimately? Um, yeah. You know, like to, to, to do it. And I think age is just a number in some some sense, in some way, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's making that choice, isn't it? And she's gone on and done, you know, graphic design. And she loves it and enjoys it. And I think as well, like, I think for me this year, I've learned about what you mentioned is like that process and, you know, patience. And sometimes I still have to check in myself and, you know, go to that place of being patient. Um, But it's the process, isn't it? And it's that journey Mm -hmm. and those bits in between. And like you said, that woman was doing that office job. Mm. She didn't want to do anymore. So she, you know, did that other thing but kind of just nurtured that thing on the side and over time. And I think as well, like working backwards as well is a really, really good example and looking at it from the other way. And yeah, it's a process, isn't it? And you can make something if you want it to, you know, over time and just, you know, do that, do X, Y, Z and and fuel the other thing on the side. And I think for me, that's something I'm kind of in a place of as well. Like I'm, you know, I've, I've been trying building this and my coaching and then I'm looking for other jobs, you know, on the side mm. to do alongside this. And I think I've, I've, I've liked to hit the ground running with a lot of things and it doesn't work like that. And I think it does take time in that process, doesn't it? But I think it is possible to ultimately do X, Y, Z and do this. Mm. And then when you've built that up, then you can leave the other thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, confidence... Confidence comes from that word confidence, to have faith in yourself, to trust yourself, mm. you know? uh, and really you have to, you really have to continue. Some days you're on your knees and, and, and you're so tired, but you have to get back up, get back up, and uh, and then some days where you, you, your knees, you have to get back up. Just have a rest. And just tell yourself it's okay, it's okay. Mm. You know, have some downtime. Uh, there's something that I learned from T. Harvecker, the American coach, and and. Uh, speaking he said tomorrow i can always make a comeback and i thought yeah that's powerful you know that's powerful mm. you can have a a not so good day they they happen however yeah. it's how we respond do mm. we get back up or do mm. we sit there and feel sorry for ourselves that's the thing and again mm. it's back to what you just said it's you make a decision you make a choice Hmm. make a choice we have to make a choice yeah there was there was a podcast that i was uh listening to you know kevin hart the comedian mm-hmm. like he's he's a really inspirational guy as well and he's 
you know, he's had it rough. Like he's, you know, from a really like, rough area in America, and mm. you know, he's he, like people don't see the 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 underbelly of the work he had to put in. You know, the stand ups and you know, and the work. And anyway, he uh, he mentioned uh, Will Smith, and Will Smith went out the limelight for a while. Like you said, like no social media, um, you know, no films for a while. Mm. But Will Smith was like, you know, I can flip that switch and I can jump back into it if mm. I want to. And mm. he, you know, one minute it was from no social media, no films to all the social media showing people how it's done and then doing, you know, a brand new film. I think he did Gemini Man or something like that. He, yeah. And he came back and some people can kind of do that, can't they? They can go like, you know, sit back, you know, and then just decide, okay, I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. I think it's that kind of comeback that sometimes people like, isn't it? You know, seeing someone go out the limelight and then just decide and then just kind of reimmerse. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's like we, we like hope. We mm. like to see a reset. We, we like something exciting. Uh, we like something when it's launching or relaunching. And some, sometimes it is good to take a, take a break from life, you know? Uh, and I, I'd like to travel one day, which tra- uninterrupted, which is like take six months off and just go, and yeah. travel, you know, and perhaps um, keep writing the next book and, and just do videos while I'm on the travel. But it's something that I'm, since I was a kid, I, I mm. love traveling. I, I, I had a globe, one of those big globes. In nice. my and I would look at different countries and I was, you know, 10 years old. I'm just looking at it. And it was one of those globes which lit up. I'd just be fascinated so it's it's in it's in me to travel, you know, mm-hmm. um, in me to travel. It's naturally in me. I, I don't have to be forced to do it. And um, or someone else, it might be no, I don't want to travel. I want to live, mm-hmm. you know, in this part of France or the UK for the rest of my life, wherever they are in the world. And I, I'm happy to be in my village. That's that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different, you know. Uh, and I love, you know, staying in in hotels and flying on planes. I love all that. I, I love mm. adventure and travel, but it's not for everyone. And no. I'm, I'm happy, respect that, you know? There's some people who love horse riding. It's not, mm. my, it's not my cup of tea. However, yeah, I can understand why you would love that. So mm. it's, it's really, again, finding that part of you that what lights you up? What lights you up? Uh, and forget about what's around you. Uh, you know, if they lights them up, doesn't mean that you it'll light you up. Mm. What lights you up, and then go after it. Go after it to experience more of it. Yeah, no, that's a really great, great uh, perspective on it, and I I agree. And I think, you know, just trying it out, isn't it? Just trying it out, and you know, once you try, you, you know, if it lights you up, motivates you, then you know, do more of that, isn't it? It's. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, traveling isn't it for everyone, but I, I think traveling it, it changes your perspective. It, it gives you, you know, a life experience, and you you go places and you see things, and it makes you think. It can, you know, can change your outlook on things um, as well. Yeah. Um, as well, like, do you do you have any uh, role models or mentors? You know, growing up or now, whether that's like professionally or personally. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I loved watching, and I still do love watching sports. Um, so I loved watching, and I still watch football. Um, you, you know, see all the, the great football players in the past. Um, 
for my sins. Well, not for my sins. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love Liverpool, so I've always followed Liverpool since 1977, since I was nine years old. Um, so I've followed Liverpool for a long, long time. 40, was it? 77, whatever, 43 years I followed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I love that. That's a passion. I followed tennis. So I remember that time, McEnroe, Borg. Mm. I love that. So I just look at them and I'd suddenly be up to school playing tennis um, mm. against the wall by myself. So that was part of who I am. And then obviously um, I'm very inspired by the work of, say, Tony Robbins, Robin Sharma, Deepak Chopra, you know, Paolo Coelho. I've read a lot. Um, I'm inspired by the adventures of uh, Richard Branson, you know, what's done his life. Mm. Uh, and there are so many, so many people I've probably can't think of at the moment. You know, you just, mm. I'm inspired by people who challenge themselves. Mm. Um, in many ways, it could be somebody who's opened a cafe near where I live. Yeah. I'm yeah. inspired by them. I love it. You know? Yeah. And I'm the type of person, um, if I love your place, I will email your boss and tell you I love yeah. that person. You know, I remember going to a popular brand of a uh, coffee chain um, a few months back and well, before the lockdown, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, the service was incredible, you know, mm. and you go to a place and they make you a coffee of the service, the chat, you know, and you know, yeah. better in life and having good conversation with someone, you know, and, they, mm. yeah, and I, I sent a message to their regional office they loved it, you know, and nice. I, I think if someone's doing a good job, we're, we're very quick to complain around the world. Mm. If somebody, something goes wrong, we're quick to complain. But let's, why not praise someone when they're doing a great job? Mm. So, you know, I think, uh, and that show them a bit of love and to their boss or yeah. whoever it is, you know, and, or to them personally. So, yeah, I, I, you, I really appreciate um, there are heroes at every level in life. Really mm. appreciate heroes from every level of life. I was remember when I was a teenager, went out with my parents for dinner. Uh, my father's passed on now, many years ago. Mm. But when when in, back in the early eighties, we went out for dinner to this um, hotel. I remember there weren't many restaurants around, and I remember, you know, later on, telling when I was a bit older going back there and, and the same waiter was there at the time and telling him, mm. thank you so much. You did a great job for us, you know? Mm. Uh, and you've got to tell these people because a lot of people just don't. Yeah. Uh, most people don't. They say, oh, great service at the place. And, and that's it. But I think if we yeah. can be more verbal, open with our love um, for those around us, you know, during this time, the NHS, the people who are working in all the food shops, mm. they're heroes yeah dance they put their lives at risk for, the, for for all of us you know this you don't take it lightly but they've been there um at this time and you can't take them lightly they've been mm. scared of course they've mm. been scared we've been at home they've been scared so there's so much to be grateful for now adam mm. more than ever yeah no i think that's they're really good points and i think like you said as well um it's it's those perspectives isn't it and being grateful for um you know everyone that's doing you know what they're doing and uh you know putting their you know their lives on the line and you know like i think as well being grateful for you know those small things as well isn't it yeah you know in the restaurants and the cast and in that service and um they're, they're putting that extra step out there to you know say 
thank you very much and sending an email, you know, like you said, to the boss or whatever. But um, no, I see it definitely. And uh, like as well, like it's, it's, be, it's been great having you on the podcast. I know, I know you have to show you have a workshop thing, but um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, uh, where can people find you on social media or on your website and things like that? Um, my Instagram is David underscore Raman. Um, I'm on Facebook as the Mind Coach. Mm. Uh, the website is david raman.com. Uh, and the book is now available for pre-order at least um, right now on Amazon and then it's um, on December the 23rd it's, it's on full release then so yeah if anybody is interested then the book is out there it's called Let It Go How mm. to Stop the Past Ruining Your Future uh, and it's all about changing your mindset changing who you are at a very deep level mm. No, awesome, David. And like as well, I will I'll definitely promote your book for you and I'll, I'll put it out there and uh, share it. Um, no, you're welcome. And, and uh, recommend it to people because, uh, you know, from the bits that I've read, you know, it really kind of hooks me and I want to read more. So, Thank you, my friend. Thank you. No, no, you're welcome. But, um, you know, I wish you all the best in what you're doing and uh, have a great day and I'll stay in touch. Thank you. No, right, welcome. Hi there. I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to my podcast. I really hope that my podcast has a positive impact and provides positive value to you and your life. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach and I am offering free discovery call consultations up to 15 minutes. And through these calls, I will touch base with you and see where you're at in your current situation. And as a life coach, I can help you in areas with, you know, mental health, anxiety, depression, goal setting, relationship coaching, and, you know, many other areas of life. So if you're interested in having a free consultation, please get in touch at the positivity podcast at gmail.com, or you can reach me on LinkedIn with the name Adam Parr or my Instagram at positivity94 so if you're interested in having a consultation and you know you're at a place in your life where you know you're wanting to reach out for help um, please get in touch and um, I'll be happy to to help you um, have a great day and um, all the best take care